0: Welcome to the Discussions with the Nobody podcast. I am Big Jim. Uh, I know it's been uh, multiple months since the uh, the first the introduction to the Discussions with the Nobody podcast, and I, I, I want to kind of give an update uh, on, on the show and where I'm at with the show and why it's been a while uh, since there has been an episode, uh, but first I want to... Uh, remind everyone that we are a part of NGSC Sports, and NGSC Sports is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, use Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Why stand in line at the concession stand you can get your order delivered right to your seat? Place your in-seat order at the half and have it delivered right to you before games resume ArenaEats.app, arenaeats.app they are accepting partnerships now so make sure you check them out make sure you follow us on facebook at discussions with a nobody and you can uh, subscribe to the show on all podcast platforms rate and review us on itunes uh excuse me apple podcast uh if you are uh following along on, on there make sure you check out our home network GSE sports at uh and com. So I, I launched the show, uh, and did an introduction podcast back in, uh, May and it was at a time, obviously yeah, everybody knows 2020 and, and COVID and quarantine and all of that. And I was at a point where I, I just had a lot of creative energy built up. Um, and, and I, I, I do a sports podcast, the huddle up podcast on, on Tuesday nights. um, three Count Thursday pro wrestling podcast on on of course Thursday nights but like I I'm sitting here going you know there's other things I can talk about be it politics be it movies be it TV shows be it music be it I don't know whatever and and I'm just I'm going over in my head and I have a lot of time on my hands and and everybody's kind of at home right now and so I had all of this creative energy and I just kind of um you know, decided I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do another, uh, another podcast, a third podcast. Uh, I'm not going to do it live. Sometimes I might do it live. I might do it, uh, just kind of whenever I, I feel led to, I figured maybe if I get an episode or two a month, uh, that'd be pretty good. But, uh, you know, I gotta be honest and, 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 and if, if there's something, if you follow me on social media, if you're friends with me, you know, I'm an honest person and I'm, and I'm not one to usually hold back, um, usually hold back where where I'm at and, and, uh, things I'm feeling and, 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 um, you know, this year has absolutely sucked. Um, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, way around it. Um, and, and and for me, uh, it started, um, even before, um, the pandemic back in January. And I I remember the date, um, it was the day Kobe Bryant died. Uh, it was the date of the WWE's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Uh, me and the three count Thursday guys were doing a special um, a preview show for the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that night. We do, while we're on the air, we find out Kobe, Kobe Bryant passed away. And then I get off the, the air and I found out my grandma had fallen. My mom's mom. She had fallen. Uh, she was out to lunch and um, she was heading to the hospital. She had uh, broken her, her femur. And from that point on, uh, she was in the hospital, she was in a rehab facility, she got moved to a nursing home. Obviously, when when the pandemic hit and you couldn't go visit at nursing homes and things like that anymore, um, we could only communicate on the phone. Um, She was uh, uh, diagnosed with a form of dementia, and uh, we lost her in August. Uh, but between when I launched the show in May and August, between the pandemic and, uh, not seeing family and friends and life being disrupted, I'm a person who, um, I've struggled with anxiety and depression for years. And I've always, I've always liked to have a schedule. I like to know when things start, I like to know when things end. I like to know, um, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm planning a Saturday night, what time should I be at somebody's house? If I'm going somewhere else, what time am I going to leave? What time am I going to show up at the next place? Uh, if we're going out to dinner, what time are we going to dinner? If we're doing this, what time are we doing this? What time does the game start? What time does the show start? Um, you know, what times it end uh, and, and 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 various different things. So uh, obviously, <laughs> this year with everything going on, um, it, it's taking its toll on me because there i mean there was a start we 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 know when things started here but there's no uh there's no end we don't know when the end's going to be and that's hard for me to take uh, i found out this year that i'm a more social person than i thought i was so that's been hard to take um my dog who again if you know me uh i have had my dog skip uh for uh, almost 16 years i got him at the beginning of december in two thousand and four he just turned sixteen in the beginning of october uh and he's he's been uh, regressing this year um he's definitely showing his age we had a couple of scares early in the year with his health and um you know so so that that's been hard as well like when 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 i say it's not just the 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 pandemic uh i i, I really Truly mean that because it it is it is really kind of taken um, a life of its own. A- everything uh, this year has just been uh, extremely hard. So, um, like I said, when I when I started the show in May, I had a lot of this creative energy, and and over the past a uh, couple of months, four or five months, um, it's I, I've really been zapped of that, and and it's it's been extremely hard. And I know it's extre- extremely hard for everybody. Um, but if, if you've never, if you've never been a content creator, uh, be a podcast, be it, uh, you know, artwork, anything like that, it takes energy, it takes energy, it takes drive, it takes motivation, uh, and I, and I've been lacking that, um, but I, I, have been wanting to do the episode tonight and I will be joined here, um, shortly, um, my friend EJ Christian. Ernest Christian, uh, the earnestly speaking podcast, the take three wrestling podcast. I'll give him a chance to plug those. Um, but, but he and I, uh, have become friends through this platform. Like the, the only, the only way, the only I've met him through podcasting and social media, I've been on his shows. Uh, he's, he's joined me on my shows before. Um, and he's actually become a really, a really good friend. So, uh, but he's a, he's a huge Metallica fan. And we, I've been wanting to talk about uh, the Saint Anger album uh, for a long time. If you're a Metallica fan or not a Metallica fan, you probably are aware of this album. It's uh, very interesting, very unique, and uh, I've wanted to talk about it for a while. So um, we're, we're going to talk about that and some other things. Uh, and and, and you, if you want to stick around and, and join us on that, uh, I would appreciate it. Um, but again, I'm, I'm going to try, I'm really going to try to, to get out. Um, even if it's just one episode a month, uh, over here, um, because I, the, something that I, I almost stopped doing when the pandemic started, I had taken a couple of weeks off of uh three count Thursday. We've been going for over six years. Um, and, uh, and, and I, and I I did kind of put pause myself, uh, on three count Thursday, but, but I have, I've. Really do look forward to uh, my shows and 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 you know checking out of the the universe for a few hours, um, and 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 doing them. So I'm gonna try to uh, do better at getting uh, some uh, content up here on this feed as well. So uh, please, if you enjoy it, um, uh, tell your friends and and, and encourage people uh, to subscribe to the show as well. So uh, stick stick with us here. Uh, coming up next is uh, is my discussion uh, with Ernest Christian of the Earnestly Speaking Podcast and Take Three Wrestling Podcast. All right, this is uh, this is the moment we have been waiting for, and and I've I've talked about it on social media, and we are uh, we are finally here at the moment. Let me bring in uh, our ge- guest for discussion number one. I think that's how I'm going to do the uh the episodes on this one is discussion number 1. Uh this is Ernest Christian. He is uh from the Earnestly Speaking podcast as well as the Take 3 wrestling podcast. Ernest, welcome in, bud.
1: Big Jim, what's up? The Golden Voice. Yeah, man. It's
0: <laughs> uh it is good to finally like we've been talking about this and and specifically the the Metallica uh topic the the saint anger album yes. we've been talking yeah. about this for for all, literally almost half a year now uh so i'm I'm really excited to finally uh sit down and 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 talk about track by track uh this album because you know it's it's you know you're a big metallica guy you're definitely a bigger metallica fan than me although i'm a huge metallica fan but like this is one that before we go into the each individual tracks like i feel like this is an album that um sometimes gets unfairly criticized like I, I mean there are things about it that i will fairly criticize but the, the album itself I, I don't think is as bad as as history kind of remembers it is that is that maybe your take a little bit on it
1: well a lot of it too is situational and circumstantial you can remember remember where the band was at that point remember they almost broke up two years before that album right. came out jason my one of my musical idols Jason news that leaves the band in january 2001 James goes to the rehab. They start recording. Record, start working on the album. Actually, like a month after that, you know, in at the Presidio uh, studios. So they got some like bunker somewhere off, like off the grid, and just trying to take care of the album. And James, meanwhile, is having issues. He goes to rehab, and he's gone for pretty much eight months away from the band. He doesn't even contact the band for eight months at all. They're not even to say hi, just to mm-hmm. be away because of, of his issues. And then you have that, and plus, this, you know, obviously, I'm so sure people who, who listen to podcast and are familiar with the Metallica story, they've probably seen some kind of monster, obviously. So they're, they're sure. probably familiar with the uh, with the ins and outs of that era. But that that was that was a touch and go. The fact we even got an album, you know, was actually you know pretty impressive. Now, obviously, creatively speaking, we can. I mean, we're gonna do that now. Obviously, you know give our thoughts on each track and the direction of the album and all that. So, but yeah, that, the, 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 the entire era really made up what that album really was. It yeah. was chaotic. Sure. And the album really was chaotic in sound as well, too.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, it was released June 5th, 2003. And, and, and sitting here 17 years later, I mean, to see where yeah. the band's at now versus where they were then is, is, is pretty, uh, pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. 11 tracks, uh, and, and, it kicked off with, uh, with frantic. And, and I took down some notes, uh, when I finally went back and then I had listened to this, uh, track by track and I, and I took some notes as, as, uh, each, each song kind of played out. Um, the, the, for, for this one, I kind of wrote, like, I thought it was a solid opening. Uh, I, I like the riff. I like the, the, the jam. I, I thought it featured, uh, the bass pretty well, which is, I think a little bit of a different turn, um. Than, uh, than we're used to hearing Metallica. I I, I wrote that uh, James' vocals are strange, or at least as we're, we're kind of used to hearing them. And I don't know if that's a that's a mixing thing, which will kind of be a theme on the whole album. Um, the the if you've heard the song, the frantic tick tick tock, like right. you know that that really does portray well the, the the tenor of the of the song of the track. Um, but for me. Uh, I mean, even though, you know, solid opening, good jam to end the song, the repetitive nature on on lyrically on this track, it, it, it kind of wore on me a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, it was probably the most commercial of the songs on the record, yeah. honestly. I mean, it, it, they go to radio. Um it wasn't the first single, though, but it, they go to radio. Um, it's a good song. I I like it a lot. I, and then you know, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm going to mention this throughout the entire you know podcast of, of the songs. You know, the big issue of this album isn't the songs for me. The yeah. issue of the album was the production. And the thing is, it's not that they were not capable of making a great produced album because they've done it in the past. They purposely made it sound like this because they were trying to capture a sound that it hadn't had in probably in twenty years at that point. Um, going back to the, to, uh, the garage. They purposely had Lars' drums sound the way it sounded because that's what he wanted. But I don't think they were ready for the backlash they got after. Yeah, yeah. The actual dude. songs, are the, like, if you, if these songs actually got the treatment they got with Bob Rock, and granted, Bob Rock did produce the album, but he also played bass on it, too. Um, If Bob Rock had actually, they, they put this production similar to what they did with the Black album with Load and Reload, just everybody's thoughts on this album would be different. Hundred um, percent. The songs are strong. The songs are very strong. It's just the production. The list. The, it was hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. And they they went away with a lot. of... I, I think also too in that era where new metal was still pretty big. Um, they were trying to capture that whole new metal thing, and frantic is one of those songs that kind of. Sort of taps into that. It has that classic Metallica feel to some degree, like the 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 James Hetfield snarls and all that. But overall, like the the problem with the album has always been the sound. But the songs are fantastic, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and and you know that that that's kind of the theme as well. I mean, me as a drummer, um, yeah, that that snare, I I just I can <laughs> never I can never get past. It. It's like you know, you it's like hitting yeah. the bottom side of a Folgers can. It just it'll the never it'll never because like I've heard you know I've heard people uh that have taken the album and like you know kind of remixed it themselves and they've posted it to YouTube and yeah the songs themselves uh hold up um but it's yeah it's it's definitely a uh a a production uh issue actually
1: they they did with one of their songs on the album p- reproduced it um and when they when they came out with the movie some kind of monster yes <clears throat> and yes. uh there was actually a more up-to-date production version of that where the drums were a lot more locked in um and it sounded much better
0: it sounded yeah it sounded which much is it's funny because a- after we go through each track uh, i'm gonna have us uh you know list them in in order uh favorite to least favorite and and oh. as the album's presented so i kind of let you start thinking about that now okay um some kind of monster as it's presented to us on this, on the, the the studio album, is actually my least favorite track on the album. But the that remix version, uh, I, I I really enjoyed. So again, it's it's mm-hmm. not that it's a necessarily a bad track. It's it's more, um, you know, as the, as the presentation was. So the the second track, and I believe this was the first uh, single that was, was released, right? It was Saint Anger? Yes, it
1: was Saint Anger. Stanger, I call it
0: Stanger. <laughs> Stanger. <laughs> um, but uh, dude, like this song, and 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 for me um you know it it, i i still love it uh i i thought Mm -hmm. i i love the riff to open it uh it felt very thrashy to me um you know it had a great change in tempo from chorus to verse uh it it it, i wrote here it feels like a metallica song yeah um even uh, even as this album is
1: presented to us it feels like a metallica song it might be the most complete song on the entire record honestly we look at the slow, you know, the the verses saying anger around my neck. And then, and then you go into the it picks up and it goes to the fucking crazy ass thrash on the chorus, all that. Yeah. Um, And it was right to be the first single. I mean, the video incredible. It, it was done in St. Quentin and, and whatnot, the prison. Oh, in that's California. right. Um, but yeah, like this is the, the, if any of the songs on this record that sound like a Metallica song. I mean, Frantic would be one of those songs, too. But this one more than anything else. Um, was definitely um close to Metallica. Now here's what's strange about something about this song, real quick, Love, love, topics to some degree. My wife hates Metallica. Okay. <laughs> okay, she hates Metallica. She thinks they the most overrated band in the history of music. Ooh, that's yet, bold. Yet yet <laughs> of all the songs they've done her of all the songs in the world they were done, Enter the Sandman, One, San you name it, her favorite Metallica song is St. Anger. Wow. <laughs> I wow. don't know how we get there. Yeah, I don't get that, man. Of all the Metallica songs in the world you choose from as your favorite as someone who doesn't even like Metallica. okay, nothing else matters no that true? no Sane anger.
0: Hey, you, would th- you would think you would think maybe like unforgiven, you know a little, yes! a little slower you know like and yeah. uh, yeah, nothing else matters. unforgiven too or even some yeah. you know like fuel or, or memory remains or something like mm-hmm. that it's a little more uh, a little anger. man wow, sane anger that's um that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice
1: i, I respect it though Sure. she didn't just go for the obvious she didn't go for oh well i like enter a sandman that was pretty cool no she went for one of, the, one of the most like obtuse songs on the entire discography
0: yeah no kidding sick huh yeah no kidding <laughs> how about that um but yeah a, another solid one. so let's um some kind of monster third track uh um this one this one like i said it, it, and i think it, it it does lend itself to the, the production um Again, good. Uh, you know, all of these songs so far, they, they start off pretty well. Um, but there was some some mixed elements, the tempo, uh, guitar, and and to me, lyrically, it got repetitive, a little whiny, and 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 I, I forget the actual length on the song. Let me pull it here. I, I have it at uh, eight twenty five. So I think it's the it's the second longest track on the album uh or third longest and it but
1: it just it to me it there. feels
0: unnecessarily long
1: there's some things that could have cut out i agree with you There's some things that could have cut out there were some parts i did like though uh, you know the part goes do it lays back a little bit before we get into mm-hmm. the uh, first verse that's pretty cool but a lot of there's a lot of things in the song i thought they could have they could have taken out and have been okay too yeah i like the song but again um and the drum. This is where the drums really became a problem. Like on on Saint Anger, the drums didn't bother me as much. The actual track, or Frantic, because those are really thrashy songs. This song is when you start saying, okay, well the snare sounds kind of fucked up. with, with the with the vibe it's going, it sounds better if it was fast, not slow. Right. Yes. Yeah. It it, it it's
0: and, and 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 again maybe the, the length of the song on this one too. It just it uh, all of it. Encapsulated, yeah. just it, it got a little long, and yeah, and mm-hmm. and I'll keep going back to it. And it's on my overall evaluation, the first yeah. thing I've written out: drums, awful. <laughs> you know, and again, <laughs> as as a drummer, it's it's you know when I go to concerts, I'm I'm watching the drummer more times than not. Uh, mm-hmm. it's the it's the first thing I hear. It will always be the first thing I hear. And unfortunately, with this album, it's the first thing I hear. Of course. Um. Yeah. Then we go to Dirty Dirty Window, uh, Strong mm-hmm. and Driving Open. I love. The uh the judge and jury section. Yep. Um and out of the first four, I, I feel like this one is uh the most Metallica esque song, uh in my opinion. I, I thought this I think it's, it's a great great track all around.
1: Well I'm gonna do one better. This is my favorite track on the entire album. Aha. This is my number okay, two. Number one. Okay. Number two, and I take no credit for this. I saw Metallica on this tour. Um this okay. is the third time I saw him. Um it's two thousand four. Um, They played this song for the first time ever on that tour the night I saw them. Ah. Nice. Um, at four, it, 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 actually, you can find it on YouTube. It's on it's the Full Lauderdale concert from 2004, November 2004. Um, they played this song, I Went Ape Shit. I was. I, I think I was, this is how you know I'm, I'm a True Metallica fan. I'm probably the only asshole in the entire fucking arena that knew the lyrics to the song <laughs> as they're playing it. <laughs>
0: Awesome! Awesome!
1: Everybody yeah. else around he's like, "Oh, what's for sad but true, man? What's master of puppets?" I'm here <laughs> singing dirty window.
0: There you go. Yeah, no, I I love this track. Uh, super, yeah. super good. Uh, yeah. Number track five, Invisible Kid. Um, <laughs> to me, the snare takes away um, mm-hmm. for me, especially in the open of the song. Uh, I thought it was musically, lyrically strong. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this one, maybe more than any other track uh, on the album, James sounded like himself.
1: Yes. Invisible Kid. Devil. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's the first really different song they've had on the record. As you go through it, um, mm-hmm. I like the vibe of the song. Like, I love the speed and all that. Um, there again, there were parts in the middle they could have taken out. Yeah. Um, the part where he's croning and like toward the end, that couldn't taken that out. I mean, it's not that it sounds bad. It's just, it didn't have to be there either. Um, but you know, again, you know. The drum the actually see the snare I will say it again, the snare drum sound doesn't bother me when the song is fast, when it's slow yeah. it sounds fucking shitty. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's this it's, song is, is fine because it it, it was a pretty high tempo song. Sure. With a lot of
0: Tom involved too. So uh then we go to uh track six, my world. Uh I thought the o- the opening to this song sounded uh, like it could fit fit in on, on reload. Uh, yeah. Just kind of has that vibe to it. Um, another one that I, that I wrote down kind of feels lyrically repetitive, uh, but I do like. There's there's kind of like a whisper vocal part um, that uh, that 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 I did enjoy. But but yeah, this one and and maybe the kind of some a bit on the whole album itself. Uh, there's there's a lot of repetition there.
1: One of my favorite lyrics in the entire album from the song um, "Who's in Charge of My Head Today." Dance and devils in angels' wings. Yes, I fucking love that lyric. Um, love the song actually. Um, again, another song that had parts that could be taken out, but you know, it wasn't for the drums, like shit. It'd be even better. <laughs> but I, like, I love the riff. It's very straightforward. And this entire album, for the most part, is pretty straightforward to your face. I mean, there's no solos in this song and album at all. No, purposely done, which uh, piss a lot of fans too. On top of everything else,
0: yeah, that's definitely atypical. Um, no Kirk. You, yeah, yeah yeah he he was uh almost <laughs> invisible a little bit yeah, um, yeah
1: track, five, track five was dedicated to him the kid.
0: <laughs> no doubt <laughs> uh then we go to uh track seven uh shoot me again uh kind of a, a creepy intro with like the the, the, the squeaky uh guitar uh, i wrote down uh this this track i wrote you know it, it, you know the last one kind of you know, a couple of songs on it sounded very Metallica as this one sounded mm-hmm. nothing like uh what I think we're used to hearing from Metallica I I, I said the the intro the open almost sounded like slipknotish uh yeah. to a degree and the, the lyrics themselves uh and, and the verses almost had like a system of a downfield to it so it was it was definitely a, a a different uh road uh for Metallica but but uh it uh it was a good one uh actually this one mm-hmm. uh my num this was my favorite track on the album
1: is it really? Wow. That's yeah. cool. Um yeah, and again, I embrace different. I like different tracks. Like things that are different. You know, I'm not gonna knock it. Knock, knock it till you try it, you know. Um good song. Um I love some of the vocal stuff they were doing there. Um shoot me. Yeah, I love that little like kind of like that snarl. Yeah. Know, James little shoot me. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um a good song. I liked it. Again, um uh the drums, uh, eh, it's not bad. I mean, it just again. In this song, the the snare gets hidden a little bit. The the shitty snare just gets hidden a little bit.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. It just and and yeah, like I'm a guy that I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Kiss fan. I know you don't like Kiss, but like I love their music yeah. from the El- Elder album. Uh, my favorite Queen song is "Death on Two Legs." Like I, I'm not I'm not a person mm-hmm. that's going to find like the best uh you know radio track and just pick out of that one. So so I I always like to find. Uh, something that's a little off the beaten path. If uh, you,
1: I'll tell you right now, like if you take my three favorite artists slash bands in, in the history of music, Michael Jackson, Metallica, and Queen, and you tell me who are my top ten songs from each of those artists slash bands, the majority of those songs are not singles. Yeah
0: yeah that dude that that's where I'm that's at right with now. a lot of them because yeah. it's just you know it's it, radio play it just it'll it'll get beaten to death and and yeah. it's it's fun to dig into albums and 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 find some uh some some other stuff uh track eight sweet amber uh not a whole lot of uh, written down here I just went straightforward driving rot nothing special but i didn't hate it um it just it was a it was a rock song
1: yeah it's it's filler It's really It's Probably the most, of all the songs the album, probably my least favorite, most likely. I mean, I I do like it, but, yeah, it's it's just filler material. How sweet on you. Yeah, it's all right.
0: Yeah, it was just kind of there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Unnamed feeling, track nine. um, This is a good song. Slow, creepy, kind of driving open. um, Very different sound. I I, I wrote this. I said, "I, I can't put my finger on who it sounds like. Who like the 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 uh, the, the lyrics? Who it kind of sounds like, but it, mm-hmm. it, it was a very different sound to it. Um, I also thought this album could have fit load reload era. Yep, um, and kind of had a real abrupt ending, which which
1: I actually kind of like when when bands do that.
0: This song
1: is probably the most creative song on the entire album. This like yeah. if this if this album wasn't pan so bad, and this album was produced properly, this might be the biggest song on the entire record. Okay, i really yeah, cool. with that it's Like a, the the vibe of the song is really cool, um, and it's different in a good way. Um, I, I love it. I love the main feeling because it has it has everything you ask for. It has James' snarly snarly vocals. It has the kind of the monotone vocals to you know the the chorus where he's harmonizing and all that. Um, it's a it's a good song, and, and the song had had a solo too. Would have been great. But you know, that, yeah. that was their yeah.
0: fucking official statement for that record. <laughs> uh, track ten, purify. Uh, this one that the snare really kind of took away from me. This yeah, one, this, this is the worst of the snare. This is the All worst, the, songs, the, worst the, the absolute worst. Uh, great riffs, great jams, uh, haunting vocals. Uh, I wrote just kind of had a haunting tone to them musically. I thought this is a really strong track. Um, kind of came in the middle for me overall, but I think I, a lot of it was again because of that snare. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and again, a lot you could you could take out the entire like middle section and the probably a better song. Um, the snare is probably the worst on this song, of all the songs. I don't know, and, and it's funny because it, it's actually kind of a fast song in, in parts, so it kind of goes against what I was saying earlier. But yeah, this is like another kind of like a filler, more fillerish song. Really, to be honest to you, not a bad song again, but, but look, the production changes the perception of everything on this record. Yeah,
0: and uh, then we we close it out all within my hands. Um, Ooh, yeah. This is a, this is what I wrote. I said, love the intro, besides the snare. Woof, uh, <laughs> love the vocals, feel of the song, uh, tempo changes. It feels like a very vintage Metallica song uh, with with kind of a new twist. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a a brilliant way to end the album. I thought this kill, kill, was kill, a kill. great closing
1: track. Uh huh. Um, I love the song. But the remake of it now they've done with S M two, and what they they've been do, playing it with recently because they did it on Howard Stern a couple months ago. They did it mm-hmm. on S M two last year, and then they did the little concert they did this, this past weekend. They did it again. The remake is better. Oh, I have to check that out. I haven't
0: I haven't picked up S M two
1: yet. S M two, yeah, so it's on there. And the the entire song is like the same lyrics, obviously, but it's just the, the entire vibe of the song is completely different. Now, okay, and it's in my opinion much better
0: awesome yeah, I'll have to I'll definitely have to check that out yeah. uh so th- so this is what I kind of wrote uh, as my overall evaluation of the album I said, mix and drums awful uh you know, the production <laughs> uh tracks definitely <laughs> strong like, <laughs> I'm not, like I said, not pulling <laughs> any punches on that one uh the tracks are strong, solid progression of of what was a changing Metallica, especially at the time uh from where they were to where they're going and 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 you know seventeen years later where they are. Um, you know, and and but for me and again, you know, I I I mentioned like Kiss's uh music from the Elder album and and some of the different things like Queen's done right. and and other different bands. I always give bands props when you go out on a limb uh and give it a shot because they didn't have to do this. They could have went in and they could have made another Metallica album. Um and personally, like I mean, and it'll never really be done, but I would love for, for them now, 17 years later with with where the band's at now to like re-record this album and put it out. Because I think, I mean, you put this album out with the way the band is now, and, and I mean, that thing's on fire.
1: So I have two opinions on that, to be honest with you. Like, I used to have that opinion, like, you know, hey, re-record it again and it was something better. But you know what? Honestly, as I've gotten older and away from that time and seeing what they went through and what they become since and what they are now 40 years later, um, it, it it's it should stay as is because it's really a story of a oh, it's really part, a chapter of a big story. You know, it represents what that, what that band was in 2003 or was before the 2003, should I say that era? Um, Cause it was chaotic. So the album reflected to what, who, reflected who, what, who they were at that time. And, you know, yeah, we can sit and say we, we recorded, but honestly, we, we, have so much Metallica material now where they, overproduced stuff like black albums, or like p- production, like to a T. Load and reload, reload, same thing. That sometimes is not that bad to have a stripped down record, down to the fucking you know, bare bones. Saint Anger is a bare bones record. Yeah, like, yeah, that's bare true. bones. Like no solos. Like there's no, there's really just you know, it. There's really not much mastering to it. It's really just simply everything stripped down, and. While people may not like the record, I think I've learned to appreciate it as I got older. So initially, when I, when the album came out in in two thousand three, I was excited and loved it because oh, new, new Metallica record, first new album sure, in six sure. years. And then I was like, you know what, eh, whatever. <laughs> i doesn't much the next like next ten years and listen to it. And then I in recent years I started playing it a little more. I'm like. I can really appreciate this record now because of the totality of the band, what it represented. Metallica's been around 40 years now. Next year will be 40 That's years. It's crazy. It's a chapter of who they were at that time. So it's part of the story, and I wouldn't want to change that because it, 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 this this, well, this, album, I really believe if it wasn't for this album, we wouldn't have gotten the last uh, two after that, You know, Death Magnetic and then Hardwire because – Holy shit! They got heavier after that. They got even heavier. Sure did. after did. anger. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely In did. Their fucking fifties. Yeah,
0: it's it's awesome. Like I, you know, I I love the last two albums. Like you know, there's oh, people people rip oh, them, but it, it's like you know what? Those are Metallica albums, man. And and if you listen to that, that's Metallica, and and you can tell they they are loving what they're doing, and uh and and I know they said uh, just recently they're they're probably gonna start working on some new tracks, and I'm here for it, man. Uh, yeah. because I love the last two albums, so I'm gonna go yeah. down here. I'm gonna list my. Uh, my album in order, and and I'll and I'll let you uh, kind of finish up yours, and then uh, a couple other things to talk about besides yeah. uh, this album. But uh, my number one track, like I said, shoot me again. It just it's it's one of those kind of weird tracks that just hit me in all the right places. Uh, Dirty window, my second favorite. All within my hands, three. Unnamed feeling, four. Invisible kid, five. Saint anger, six. Uh, Purify, seven. Uh, my world, eight frantic nine sweet amber 10 and uh, like i said some kind of monster uh was actually as presented on this album was my least favorite track
1: okay so this this will be on the fly um but it's a good idea where i'm at with this album so number one i I said dirty windows my first song on the record Mm -hmm. uh number two um i'll probably go frantic okay three unnamed feeling four saint anger Five, my world. Uh, Six, Invisible Kid. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Seven, uh, shoot me again. Well, actually, no. Seven, all within my hands. Eight, shoot me again. Nine, uh, purify. Ten, some some kind of monster, and eleven, Sweet Amber. All right, solid. Um, and, I, and that could change again next next week. Oh, you know. sure.
0: It's you know that's <laughs> that's one of those things. You dig back on on old albums, you can always find uh, tracks you like more today than you did yesterday, and vice versa. I'll say, so
1: I'll say as much of the top, the first three songs are definitely locked in three, and the last, my least favorite is locked in. It's the middle uh,
0: seven. Yeah, so. yeah, that's usually how it is when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, album reviews. So uh, just a couple of hit things here. Um, this Sunday, WWE. Uh, survivor series and it is uh being billed as the final farewell of the undertaker also the 30th anniversary of the undertaker debuting uh at the survivor series back in 1990 uh this is obviously something on three count thursday uh that we'll be talking about at length uh this week um but I, i did watch actually after you texted me earlier today about the uh the Brothers of Destruction documentary. I, I watched that. I didn't realize it, it was only good. 45 minutes. I, I dude that thing could have been twice as long, and I would have yeah. been out of in there for it. That was so much fun. I love I love that that Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, um has has kind of peeled back that curtain uh, this year between the last ride documentary and and this. And um I, I would have never, never thought that he would have been a guy to do that, but I'm so happy he did because to hear those stories from him uh, is 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 just awesome. Um, so your thoughts, uh, looking at 30 years of The Undertaker, is his, what they're billing as the final farewell? I know some of the guys on 3Count um, uh, question whether it will actually be a final farewell, um, <laughs> you know, because pro wrestling, but uh, your I thoughts on, on The yourself. Undertaker uh, coming at the end here.
1: Okay, so real quick. So like, that documentary real quick, we watched. You watched they also, brother Destruction. So, you know, I always tell you that my my favorite storylines of all time, probably Mega Powers, mm-hmm. Austin McMahon, Brett and Sean, a couple of ones here and there. But one of the things that he said there that really made most sense, and I really can't argue it, is this. Find me a better storyline than Kane and Undertaker that lasted as long as it did. Yeah, I don't think, think, about think you it. can. Twenty pl- t- p- Pretty much over 20 years. Yeah. Okay, um, and you know the the phenomenal thing about the the buildup. Now, granted, I, I criticized the Mania fourteen match they did, <laughs> but remember when the first time they announced Kane, when Paul Blair was saying Kane, Kane's alive, Kane's alive. That was in June of ninety seven. Yeah, it was never mentioned again until his debut at at uh, at the uh, pay per view in October. Yeah. Um, Hell in a Cell match against Shawn Michaels. Okay, that's great storytelling. We're like, it's said, but it's not pressed on, and it gave it some room to breathe. So you kind of did forget about it. Meanwhile, Undertaker is trying to get revenge on Michaels because of losing this title SummerSlam two months before. And oh shit! Oh, that's Kane! Holy crap! Right? Because like
0: that, you know, now that happens. Now you, you know they're they're coming back and showing that clip uh, mm-hmm. on replay after every commercial break. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. They, they don't really. The storytelling of that, and then that build up from that point to Mania 14. Like, there was a point, too, also, where Kane and Undertaker were. You thought, oh, maybe you're maybe going to mend fences. And then the Royal Rumble thing happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, the casket on fire and all that. And then. And because remember, Kane. Undertaker refused to hit, refused to attack Kane. Yeah. My brother. And then after the. the, the <laughs> basically, Kane trying to murder him. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> now, now we're going to fight. Um. So yeah, find me find me a better storyline that lasts that long than those two. I I I I really can't find one. Hmm. Um, as far as Taker, so I've been very you know not critical, but I've always said that I'm not the biggest Undertaker fan on the planet. Like I love his first couple runs, first ten years in the in WWE, especially the first run as the you know the the pill face, you know with the hat, right. Paul Bearer, and all that. Love that version number one, and then of course the second version where you know. Into attitude ish era when he went on title again, for Sid. Yes. But, you know, I, I did go through a little phase where, like, I was like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm kind of over it now. But I, I saw his debut in real time. Um, I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that motherfucker gave me nightmares. <laughs> it's funny because, <laughs> James, you would think of all the Undertaker, f- uh, the of Undertaker, that would scare you, probably the satanic one. No, it was the it was the original one. Well, no, yeah. I, I had I, right, because I mean at, at 5
0: years old, I mean that's scary cuz like for me, <laughs> my you know I was I was, you know, I was 5 at that point, so you were 10. So like your your Undertaker at that point was was when Papa Shango debuted for me cuz I was like 8 years oldish.
1: I was still uh, 12 years old, you know, you know I'm old enough and I'm still getting nightmares at 13 years old. Yeah, like
0: I still <laughs> but like the satanic thing by the time, you know, you're you're You know, teenager. You know, late teen stuff like that. You're you're kind of starting to understand that, although it's like still kind of creepy, a little bit unsettling. At that point, you 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 get that it's it's a show. Yeah, also adult. Yeah, when you're when you're a kid, you don't know that it's a show. Like this, this motherfucker, real man. This this is this is a dead guy. And he said, "This is a bad motherfucker." I mean, you didn't you didn't call him a bad motherfucker at five years I, old, but
1: so one of the things that you know, I as, as you guys know, like you know, especially I went seventeen years between mm-hmm. two thousand two and then last year I'm not watching, not checking in, and all that. I knew the streak the streak existed and all that stuff. So, but I never like fully embraced Undertaker after the initial first couple of uh, you know inflection points. You know gotcha. when he was uh, Saint and all that. I think the last year, though, I think I've gotten appreciated even more. It took it took it took being away from wrestling for a while to really appreciate what he's done in his business and how important he is. And it's, and 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 then I think hearing the stories from people who, not just on the network, but also people outside the WWE, you know, people, well, Bruce Prichard prior to returning to WWE, yeah, and hearing stories about how how big how uh, big a leader he was in the locker room and. This, you know, this the, what he meant to the company. He meant the Vince and the loyalty factor. It really made me appreciate him, and because he wasn't a guy that needed the title either. He was, no. he was so over. And, and back then, I couldn't understand that because I, I don't think I was able to understand the, the backstage politics and the necessary needs and all that until I got older. And I think it took me being an adult to really appreciate the undertaker honestly yeah. thirty years man i, I mean it's it's <laughs> unbelievable and he wasn't it's, it's and amazing. he wasn't nineteen
0: years old when he debuted like that's the other crazy part about yeah. it too is he he was he was older by the time he came to the wWF so yeah. uh the thirty years and I mean yeah obviously there's been breaks here and there and he's uh you know i i i I tell anybody who um really kind of if you ever watch wrestling at any point Watched the Last Ride documentary, mm-hmm. uh, the five-part series. That that was just yeah, that was unbelievable. It made me appreciate
1: him a lot. Yeah,
0: it really did. I, I, dude, and... I'm not gonna lie, I I teared up. But like the, the the last series, the the last episode when he's talking about you know, and he's got George Strait playing in the background. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the old troubadour riding off, and I'm my I I, I can still picture it. You know, it, was, it came out in in you know the, this summer. Obviously, this year's been been right with. Uh, uh, just, just struggles and and depression, de- depressing things. Anyway, but I, I'm sitting there and, and he and he talks about retiring, and and I and I just start crying. I just start crying and my wife's, you know, like I wasn't like bawling, but I had like tears. And and, and she looks in. She was like, she was cooking something, and she goes, "What?" And I go, "I, I think he's actually done." She goes, "What are you talking <laughs> about?" I go, "The Undertaker." I think he's I, like that's like the last piece of my childhood, man. Like it, it, and it's over. It's crazy, and we always joke on three count because we started our show at right around WrestleMania 30 when he lost the streak, and we figured, oh, he lost mm-hmm. streak. He's probably going to retire. Well, here we are six years later still talking about The Undertaker, yep. but I'm like, man, this this might really be it, and I was like, oh, I'm
1: sad. <laughs> so so speaking of that, I'm so glad you mentioned that because of the menaceous about, about the streak being broken. So as I said, the 17 years not watching, I did check in points here and there. That was one of the points I checked in. Mm. I actually watched that WrestleMania. That, 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 that was the year the network debuted, also. Yes. So I was like, okay, so let me, you know, I, I, and by the way, I ordered the network that same year because I wanted, but I ordered it for a library, not because of the new stuff. Right, right, library. right. Um, I'm still obsessed with the old stuff. Um, And I purposely watched that match. I, I was curious because I kept hearing about Brock Lesnar returning and all that. And and I actually root for Lesnar, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I, I'm <laughs> actually glad the streak ended, to be honest with you. I don't um, I, I don't think we actually would appreciate the streak as much if, if it was if it kept going
0: yeah I, I I liked how they talked about that on the the documentary and and mm-hmm. how um you know he came to the building he thought he was winning and, and business changed and whatever um you know c- could it have been somebody different sure but but I still don't have an issue with it being Brock and and the money no, not all and the money that they made with Brock and and um making superstars from that it still paid off, so the the decision wasn't wrong. It could have been somebody else, but but yeah, I streaks are meant to be broken, uh, yeah. and whether it's sports or, or in this case professional wrestling, streaks are there to be broken.
1: Right, and and it was also a a benefit not just for Brock and for Taker for doing it. It put that was Brock's best run of his career, mm-hmm. like right there. Oh like yeah, 13, 14, 15, 16. He was it literally translated into him being dominant. In, not just like as taker, but in general, was it was that the same year he faced Cena in SummerSlam and he dominated his ass with all the t- three thousand suplexes? And yeah, stuff? yeah, it was that. It was same that year, summer, right? man. That that. So it <laughs> I'm saying so. It wasn't just Taker got shit. He also took up the best guy in the company, in John Cena, and dominated his ass. Sure did. So it made sense. Yeah, and it got guys over. You know, it set up Roman the next year. Set up Seth the next run, you year. Know? So like it, there was a lot of. Uh, rub that that created for other guys to move forward because by getting the rub to Brock Brock gets the rub somebody else and somebody else and it creates guys moving forward
0: absolutely uh so last thought here on The Undertaker is that do you think this is really the end or I think the the way I posed it is is Dewey and I asked the three count guys the other week I said um does, does this Sunday is it actually a farewell or is it a um, farewell. But one more match.
1: It's definitely a farewell. I don't see him come back. I mean, what else could he do at this point? Yeah. I mean, the number one. And I don't sound like a, like some mean here, but there's there's no more shock value to they provide anymore, right? You know, I mean, the last thing he could have done, he did it at Mania this year. You know, granted, granted, I'm not sure if that was original plan because because it was because of COVID. You know, doing the cinematic. Uh, oh yeah, no, it was supposed thing. to just be a regular match. But honestly, in hindsight. It was the right thing they did. Yeah, and they probably they probably should have done it done that done it that way even without COVID. Yeah, and, and, and it made sense. And, and
0: the way I look at it too is we have no clue when there's going to be a full audience back. So yeah. if, if you would be able to sit here and go, you know, okay, so this, we're at Survivor Series, we're going to have a full stadium for WrestleMania. Uh, you know, we'll set up one more WrestleMania match. We're going to be lucky if we have twenty five percent. At, at, at WrestleMania this year, you know, sitting here right now. I mean, it, let's be honest, like it's it's mm-hmm. not going to be, will it be another performance center WrestleMania? No, because you'll at least have the Thunderdome or something along right. the, along those lines, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, 100,000 people at SoFi Stadium or 80,000 people at uh, Tampa Bay or what have you. It's not going to be a normal mania. So um, you know, you're not going to bump a, another taker match to uh, WrestleMania 38. You know, it's just I, I do. I'm in. I'm in your camp as well. I think this is going to be I just,
1: it. I just think, like you know, I know that people that and I know a lot of people are split on the issue, but to me, it's kind of simple as this: what for? What are you trying right. to accomplish? What 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 can he do now that's going to change anything? That's to make. I mean, we already appreciate him now. We got he's gotten all his flowers now. Yeah. What can he do moving forward? That's going to make you say, "Oh, he's done it all already." There's nothing the, else he can do. No, 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 no one else to fight.
0: The only way that I could see and anything making sense, and and would it be to give some sort of little bit of a rub uh, to like the fiend Bray Wyatt? But you can you can do something with him that, like this Sunday that doesn't even set up a match that that kind of passes the torch or something like that. If they wanted to get really creative with it, but yeah, it's it's you, you just don't need it. Uh, you know, I thought the, the the boneyard match and the last ride documentary, uh, the series. I thought it's a, a, a perfect way uh, yeah. to to end his uh, end and, his career.
1: And, and I mean, why fuck that up? At yeah. This
0: point. Right. You 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 know you, for all the shit that 2020 has given us, you, you were able to end that career, uh, mm-hmm. really on on a surprising high note. Discussions with a nobody was brought to you by Arena Eats. Via NGSC Sports, go to the website, arenaeats.app. That is arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, use Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Why stand in line at the concession stand when you can get your order delivered right to your seat? Place your in-seat order now at the half and have it delivered right to you ArenaEats.app, they are accepting partnerships now. Yep. Uh, so, so last thing here, and, and this is something we've we've kind of uh, been talking about uh, throughout the, the, the quarantine period. Um, you know, I, I, I've been home. My wife's been working from home. We eat lunch together. Uh, and, and we've been watching. We went back and we watched the full series of Step by Step. Um, we've actually been starting to watch through Family Matters. And um, and I know you and I. I think we had we had didn't realize we were both Saved by the Bell fans. I didn't uh, know you were one. Yeah, I'm a huge Saved I, by the I'm Bell a, fan. I'm a diehard, dude. Absolutely love that show. Um, I have DVD still. Yeah, I think I I know I have at least one of one or two of the seasons. I may have the full series. I can't remember at this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we're, we're just about. I think it's this week, next week, something like that. The reboot. I think next week launches on uh, on Peacock. Peacock. So mm-hmm. um, I assume you've seen the trailer at this point. Uh,
1: did I see the trailer? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought I did see it already. Um
0: yeah, so, I did see it. Yeah. So, so are you you know, I, I I I actually really enjoyed the trailer. I was a little nervous when I heard that they were. Uh, rebooting this, but it, it feels like a a newer Save by the Bell, and it, what I mean by that is it doesn't feel like Save by the Bell, the new class, uh, because yeah, in this God. case we have uh, we have Zach Morris, we have AC Slater, we have Jesse Spano, um, but it, it, you know we still yeah, have Lisa the Max. Too. She signed on finally. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um,
1: you know I, I, I'm
0: I'm excited uh, for for the new uh, Save by the Bell reboot.
1: No, I am too. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be a little skeptical, of course, because sure. obviously. He, 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 you trying to cre- recreate something like that. Like we had a fuller house recently, which I by the way, I think they did a great job of a full house. Fuller I enjoyed house, it. Uh, I, I did too. It 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 captured the full house spirit. It's the greatest uh T V house in history of television, to uh-huh. record. I I I would if God said you you buy one house and live in there the rest of your life, that'd be the house I'd buy. Um <laughs> anyway, but <laughs> um but yeah, um I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I'm I'm ob- obviously cautious, optimistic because, uh, you know, we, we a lot we don't want our nostalgia to overtake the mm-hmm. overall product. Will it be as good as it what it was? I mean, the thing is, will this show be the same slapstick type of show it was when Peter Engel was producing it, or is be something brand new out of the gate, like something brand new and right. a little more serious? That's that's the thing I'm looking forward to seeing. Whether or not is it to ma- maintain the same slapstick comedy it had before because I mean, Samuel Bell back in the day was pretty unrealistic. Let's be real about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> like unrealistic. A, and that's an understatement. Um, you
0: know? but yeah, it's it 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 looks like it kind of has um you know re- like a somewhat realistic premise. Um, you know, I think you know, kind of the 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 idea behind it is uh, there's there's like funding cut, so so there's uh kind of a meshing of of. Uh, lower income schools and, and and higher income schools, so you kind of have that push and pull with some of the students. So I mean, it is a somewhat realistic premise. Um, what uh, Zach is the governor of California? Um, Figures. Uh, I a. Like a. Gavin Newsom. A. A. <laughs> a C Slater is uh, I think the gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jesse, one of her kids, goes to the school. Uh, obviously, Zach married Kelly. I mean, we we knew that from the the wedding in Vegas. So, um, you know, it's it, it, so it it has some of those familiar elements. The Max is still there. Um, it, so so it 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 definitely intrigues me. We'll have to revisit it once the once the season uh launches and we have a chance to watch it. We'll we'll be able to come I'm trying
1: back. Trying to find the uh, the date it starts. i trying to. I know it's this month. I'm trying to find the actual date.
0: But but I, but I also wanted to talk about too because like I said, you know I, I've I've gone back and I've watched some uh, older episodes of, of Saved by the Bell because I, I don't know if you were aware of the uh, of the podcast that Mark Paul gossler has been doing. Uh, let me find the name of it here. It's um, Zach to the Future. So yeah. and 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 so so I've I've listened to to every episode. And I've gone back and watched most of them. But, I I mean, this is a show that I used to watch every day before school. I would watch whenever, you know, kind of whenever it was on sort of a thing. Uh, So I can listen to an episode of the podcast, and I know exactly which episode uh, they're talking about. Like, I don't need to rewatch them, but I I will at times. Um, But, like, my wife and I watched Fuller House. I've gone back and watched some episodes of Full House. We just watched through Step by Step. I actually uh, just... Went back and watched some seasons of of Boy Meets World. I, that's something I've actually been finding myself doing, um, and and I talked about this a, a little bit on the update, the beginning of the show before you came on. Is I, I'm a person that that has has struggled with anxiety and depression for years, and and throughout this this quarantine and this this the last eight months, I have found myself watching a lot of older programs, and then I, and then I was listening or I was reading. Something and and it said that the, the reason people do that a lot of times, especially anxiety sufferers, is uh, they they know how the show ends, they know how the show resolves, so there's no there's not really a lot of tension there. And obviously there's sitcoms too, so the, the, they are happy, feel good. Every show resolves what,
1: itself. What it is, it's a sense of security. Yeah. Um, I, I also have the same thing. Um, that's actually kind of what wrestling means to me when I watch the older stuff. Like okay. Golden Era, for example, is a sense of security. When I watch Macho and Hogan and Warrior and those guys, that takes me back to an era of when I have to worry about paying bills uh-huh. and raising kids and marriage, all that. It was, it was so simplistic. The style of, and I'm big on that stuff. and it, it, To me, just like you, I watch older shows too, Perfect Strangers, you know, things of that nature. I watched a couple uh, episodes of that this summer. Huh? Perfect Strangers. I've actually went back and watched a couple episodes of that, that this show. summer. I love that show. I, it's I, so like, good. It's in my top five of all time. Um, That show, Jefferson's, all that, different strokes, you name it. Um, But, yeah, that, that's normal. I, I do the same thing too with, and, and, and with music, with mm-hmm. pop culture. You know, one of the things, you're going to laugh at me, but one of the things like that Sort of not not the same not as old but maybe old um, that I used to enjoy in my probably in my late you know teen years I used to love I used to love the Real World MTV Real World oh I loved it I
0: think the first season I watched was uh, Hawaii Oh, that's a good
1: one that's, that's a the, great that's season. the one that that's the one that got me into it to be honest with you I remember when it came on back in the, in the nineties late nineties um I I would see it but never really care for it and there was one summer. A one, or 1999 that's the year it came on where for some reason I just, I just kept it on the entire day and then I just got into it and then that was the era too back then where MTV would play all the older yeah. seasons too so what I would do is take VHS tapes and start recording it <laughs> over oh, over. so nice. I, I used to have a like collection of those stuff for a long time so I used to love mainly from San Francisco which is season 3 um, up until the Las Vegas the Las Vegas in 2002 that's okay. Like my core okay, I got you. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I started watching so, so yeah, Real World Hawaii was season 8, holy crap, 1999. 1999,
1: yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would That's have a,
0: been I would have been in middle school at the time. I was
1: 19. So okay. you have been
0: 14. Yeah, I was yeah, I was in middle school and and you know, I I the the thing that always sticks was the uh the back and forth relationship with Amaya and Colin in that I season. Amaya and Colin, right? Yeah,
1: Tech. And Ruthie's alcoholic ass. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Justin, who I couldn't stand, he's, a, he's annoying. I had a crush on Kaya, actually.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. yeah um, but but yeah, I've I, I've I've really enjoyed going back. And but like another thing too is like there was a couple of things that were just kind of like throwaway jokes or th- something that was said on on like step by step that I was like that would not make it to air today. <laughs> No. Oh, um, yeah. You know, just it's just so, some of the jokes some of, and it, yeah. like I said it was just throwaway lines but I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't make it to air today and and um but uh but I loved it. You know, I I TGIF. Like I remember like my cousins, and my brother and I, we would watch that like every Friday night at my grandma's house. Um and and you know, step by step was a part of it. Like I'm loving going back. We're we're still in season 2 right now of uh but family matters. Uh, the the episode we watched today was the one um, where oh Eddie Eddie's playing pool gets overconfident ends up getting hustled at the uh, at the <laughs> pool place. Steve goes to save him. They break his glasses. Carl and uh, and Mother Winslow uh, come and save the day. Man, dude, I I forgot how much I love Mother Winslow.
1: Greatest grandmother ever.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yes. She is she a freaking slick. hoot, man.
1: She was slick, witty, caring, empathetic, and total badass. And I love that. She, loved, she got around
0: her. too, you know. Like mm-hmm. one episode was uh you know, she was going out with this one dude, then she's going out mm-hmm. with another dude on the next yep. I'm like, man. And and I don't know if, if, if I'll if I'll pick it up as much on this one, but I noticed in some of the later seasons of Step by Step, at least as they're on Hulu, the episodes are out of order.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. If you go through on Hulu, I think it's it's the second to last season when when like early in the season JT's dating Sam, and then like the next episode he didn't even know Sam, and then the the next episode that airs they're back together, and I'm going. Wait a freaking minute here! So I don't know if it's just <laughs> when, when they put it in Hulu, if it got screwed up, or, or exactly how that uh, how that season. But you know, by the time you get to any any series, by the time you get to you know seven, eight, nine seasons in, you, right. you you've kind of jumped the shark about three of or course. four times. And I know you've already kind of warned me. And I do remember a bit uh, towards the end of Family Matters, it gets a little weird. Uh but I'm a little looking. Weird. I'm <laughs> a lot weird, but I am looking forward to to when we get
1: to that point. I'm sure I'll keep so you uh, up to date on the, on the... the. One of the cool things about being a father is I get to revisit this stuff with my youngest mm-hmm. son. Um, well, you know, I have two I have two boys, seven and three year old. My seven year old obviously is older, so I can actually show him stuff. So, what got me watching Fame Manners again recently was showing him the show. That's awesome. And He likes it too. So I use that. Like because he loves Fuller House, loves Fuller House. Love, mm. Actually, was obsessed with it for a little while. So my wife and I, we we started showing him Full House and trying to show him, okay, well this was Stephanie when she was younger. Oh, cool. She's younger, and he's starting to understand it now. Like, oh, And I said like, this show came out thirty-something years ago, and then they did they did the newer version as them as adults. So that's kind of cool to show him that. And the same thing with Family Matters. I just show, I show him Family Matters, and he thinks Erkel's hysterical and all that. <laughs> um, I, this is the cool thing about. Being a dad, man, I, 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 and I integrated that. I integrated wrestling too. He loves wrestling. That's awesome. He today he loves today's wrestling, especially. Um, he's starting to get into the older stuff now. Finally, he used to not like it. He's like, "Oh, this is too old. It's too boring." <laughs> Andre Giant, really? Come on, Vince on Stud. I, you know, is, I, it definitely was. It, it
0: definitely was not as entertaining uh, as it is now, especially what's visually.
1: What's for, us, though? what's for us? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, us? Yeah, we just
0: did. We just did a, a watch along. Uh, with the first, the main event Survivor of the first series? Survivor Series,
1: I saw that. I meant to check in, but you you were already halfway through the show when I was. When yeah, I was
0: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun. That was probably the first time I've ever actually watched that match. Really? Yeah, because I mean, I was only I was born in '85, so I was only two right. uh, so when, when that happened.
1: That, so that was actually the build to Andre Hogan Part Two. Yeah. Um, because when Hogan lost beat Andre in Mania three, like that they, they Andre went away for a couple months. They they mentioned it maybe one more time after the match on a Sunday main event in May that year, and then after that they Andre went away. Andre comes back a month before Survivor Series, and before you know it, they're building up the thing again and it goes into the main event in February, and you know obviously the referees all that. But yeah, th- again, little storylines and. Storytelling from way back when that, that you can appreciate Survivor Series. It's funny that, that was a cool match, but the best match for me that whole card was was the one with Macho, Team Macho against Team Honky.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, like I said, we, we only we only went in and touched on that yeah. one, uh, yeah. but uh, it, you know, there's there's always fun matches to go back mm-hmm. uh, and and watch. But uh, this has been fun, uh, man. I'm gonna you give you got one
1: more thing, Jim, Big Jim.
0: What's that? The election. Oh yeah, I've been trying to forget about but you, this is this is your <laughs> this is your jam.
1: Okay, what? You happy? This You're
0: is your, well I yeah, so I, I am happy that that uh you know, and I don't always uh, reveal the guy that I vote for. Um but if you if you follow me on on social media, you can usually figure it out. Um but uh, yeah, obviously the guy I voted for won this time. Actually, uh I've this was my fourth uh presidential election that I voted in and uh, this is 3 out of 4. That I voted for that have won. Uh, the only one that that lost, of course, was uh, was 2016.
1: So I think I am um, one. I lost. This is my eighth one. I think is. I 2000 I voted for Gore, lost. Okay. Voted for Bush, won. in 04. Obama twice, won. Uh, I Hillary Clinton I voted for 2016, obviously, and lost. And I voted for Biden this time yeah um, what, what's you're crazy stress, dude you're is, is the fuck it, out though this whole thing bro
0: uh, <laughs> oh dude God. okay so let, let me because obviously you know we, we we were talking about wrestling and this and that the, the election on 2016 was obviously a tuesday night um I'm, I'm i went up to my from three count i'm at my friend ryan's house we live in the same town watch watching smackdown because smackdown aired on, on tuesday nights at that point that's right so, so as, start, start as, live, as, yeah. as smackdown comes on at eight o'clock first returns are starting to fall in um Trump's getting a lead, and I'm going, uh, okay, so I have a a great friend of mine who um is is so tied in to political stuff, so mm-hmm. I started texting him at like you know nine o'clock I'm like, are we in trouble here and he goes, uh I think we're still okay okay um so you know second hour of Smackdown plays out gets to like ten o'clock I was and and friends of mine were already at the bar wanted to watch the returns come in uh, and I was heading there after Smackdown, so I'm like I text him right before I left I'm like, dude, are we?" are we in trouble here? And he goes, um, I feel less confident than I did. I said, okay. So like I get in the bar, I, I get my car. It's like a five minute drive to the bar I, and, and the bar is like right down the street from where I lived at the time. So like I parked in my house, I walked up cause I'm like, I'm either going to be celebrating and get drunk or I'm going to be depressed and get drunk. Um, so I, I, walk down to the bar and I, and I, and I get in and and, I, and it, you know, at this point it's 10, 10 30. And I'm like, this this ain't great, I don't think. So I start text. I text him again. And I go, um, "Are we?" And he goes, "This ain't good."
1: And I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'll take a double, please. <laughs> I knew once Trump won Ohio, yeah, um, in 2016, I knew that uh, Hillary's in trouble. Yeah, so That's what I knew.
0: So like you know, the, I, I had I had, and I've said this for the better part of four years. I said I, I have to prepare myself. Uh, and this was before the, the, this year i was like right. i have to prepare myself that that he's going to get reelected because if i if i get blindsided again like i did in in 2016 um you know it, it's it's it took me a, a couple of weeks to kind of recover from that cuz i'm like i didn't think this was actually going to happen and that's back when when the idea of a of a trump presidency was an idea now mm-hmm. we've seen it for 4 years so um you know, so I, I'm like, I have to prepare myself that that it's going to happen, especially given the events of this year and and all the the hardships that have come with it. Um, so yeah, I I I mean, I've I've uh, until the moment that uh you know he was Biden was finally declaring it went over to the 270 that he needed. Um, and and like I'm not even going to lie, dude, there's still part of me that's like, and and this this is like the 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 pessimist Those in me right drop. now that I'm just like. This shit's still gonna change, isn't it? Like until uh, what is it? The uh, middle of December when the Electoral College actually goes in and, and does their thing, uh, and it becomes official. Official. Uh, there's still part of me that's like, this thing's gonna, t- this thing's gonna <laughs> fucking twenty twenty me. I swear to God.
1: I don't blame you. Um, <clears throat> twenty sixteen story for me is it's you know, you know my wife. Like she's somewhat political now. She wasn't so much as you know in the past. Um, she, she checked in, of course, but she was never like, she's not like me. I'm over this shit all the time. Even, even when it's not election year. Um, but she cried (laughs) when, when Hillary lost, she cried. She was pissed and scared because of all the undertones too that came with it. You know, me being a, you know, me being a black man and, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what could this mean for, you know, and I, and I calmed her down. Like, it's like, don't, 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 don't stress about that kind of stuff. We honestly, but I, I get why she was, she was worried. Sure. Um, she was stressed the fuck out. so. Yeah, this year now you're stressed out. My <laughs> wife's stressed out. Come my little friends are stressed out. My mom is stressed out. You know, he my dad was stressed out. And my dad's never stressed what's kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, so you have all yeah, I'm getting your text, my wife's moods and all that. Cause she was she was she was engaged in this election. I mean sure. she's really engaged. In the past she's like, Oh, let me know what's going on. She she was with me watching the returns from me until three in the morning. Um, you know, but <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I don't know, man. These, these last four years, have been a whirlwind. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of us, whether side you're on the aisle, learn a lot about ourselves and about this country and about people. And it could be a good and a bad thing at the same time because, mm-hmm. but, I mean, we're pretty divisive right now. The fact that, in my opinion, and look, I'm a guy, as I said, you know this on my podcast and I've said it all along, you know, I'm a former Republican. I have a lot of conservative leanings to this day. You know, but I couldn't support Donald Trump. That, that that's just the bottom line. And and the thing is, what frustrates me about Donald Trump more than anything else, I legitimately gave him a chance. <laughs> I, I was very clear about that from day one. I, I made it clear in my podcast and my in my writings that this guy a chance. I know, I know he's a little abrasive, all that. And I will admit there are some things that he did good. He did good that I agree with. But the things that I that mattered to me most and yeah. the chaos that came with it was not worth it. Yeah, I actually
0: lied to you. This is my fifth um presidential election. I actually mm. I was registered Republican until the day after the twenty sixteen election. <laughs> right. Um and I I, I canvassed, I campaigned, I, I I did lit drops, I did phone banking for George W. Bush. I saw George W. Bush speak twice uh in Pennsylvania leading up to the uh to, to his reelection. Uh-huh. Uh so I voted for him, Obama twice, Hillary and and now Joe
1: Biden. Same thing to me. Well, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um I was I was Republican until two thousand eight. So my wife and I have been together fourteen years. We okay. married, we've been married, we'll be ten next year, but we've been, been together fourteen years. And she met me as a Republican and we used to have fights because she's way more <laughs> liberal than I am to this day. Even more so now. And <laughs> she, she she used to joke around but like, you know, I don't know if I can married Republican. <laughs> I, I I I but at that point too, I already started drifting away from the party because things I was seeing, you know, the way you know being lied to about WMDs and stuff mm-hmm. in Iraq and all that. Now I was really frustrated with the party, and sure. even in 2008, I was still considering voting John McCain because I love John McCain because I voted John McCain in the primaries in 2000, and but which he lost to Bush. Um, and uh, but I end up once I start appealing on the race like uh, yeah no, 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 that's, that's yeah. not happening yeah <laughs> that's not yeah happening. no no I feel yeah and
0: and for me like I mean honestly you know I, I'm, I'm I'm registered Democrat now but I, I'm I'm I honestly fall more in the middle like I, I don't, I'm not a person that goes in and just pulls a party lever and walks out I'm a per like oh, you know whether it's it's the, the, you know the 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 presidential elections whether it's Local elections, whatever you know. I do my research. You know, I go in uh, the 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 one midterm, the last midterm election. Um, I voted for five different parties mm. that that were on the uh, that were on on the uh, on the ballot. Like, I, I'm not a person that's just going to walk in and go, oh, Republican, right. Boom. You know, like I remember, like as a kid, like you know, when, once I even started, like kind of you know, 13, 14, Like, you know, I I spent a lot of time with my grandma and like I went went with her to vote one time. I remember she was in there for. You know, three seconds, she walked in, she pulled a lever, boom, gone, out. And I'm just like, even then I was kind of like, I was kind of quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like back then, it, you, you know, it, it, the the way the election, like the, the, the machines were in Pennsylvania, had like these these little like flip tabs. And and I remember like they had a sample one and always in the lobby and I'm like sitting there and I would kind of play with it when I would go with my parents or my grandma. And I'm like, you know, you, you look at it and you're like, okay, I'll say, so this is Ross Perot and this is, you know, and. You'd sit there and you kind of, you know, flip the thing. And, you know, yeah. why is this person that, I'm like, how does how did how do you do it so quick like that? I, I, I just didn't understand. And to this day, I, I'm never I'm never that person because it's we're, we're not we or we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be a, a country that's just one party, one rule like that. that right. that's, we got away from that. That was the that was the purpose of why we're here. And, and you know, when when you do that, it's, it's to me. And, and this is just me. I'm not I'm not meaning to offend anybody. If if this is what they do, but for me I'm like that, that kind of devalues the system that that yeah. so many people work so hard to to get
1: us away from. Yeah. Uh this year was the first time I and I might even registered democrat. I'm a, I'm an MPA non-party affiliate. Mm. Um this is the first time I voted democrat across the board. Me too. <laughs> I, and, and I am <laughs> very clear, I it, it was all based on resentment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I voted angry this year.
1: Yeah, I was pissed off. Because and, and there are a lot of Republicans I do like, and I have liked in the past, and that are you know that are their voices are being unfortunately you know shut not loud enough yeah. you know but they've gone crazy I not to get political here but the the right as look I have a lot of qualms with the far left I, I me too went to town on, I went to town on AOC last week on some some comments she made about the Lincoln Project I, I gave her shit on Twitter so I'm I'm one of those I'll call out either way. So, but the far right's gone nuts. This QAnon bullshit mm. and the you know, uh, you know, all that. This, they they need to get away from that extremism. Policy,
0: extremism is is, sides. is bad. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's far right or far left. Extremism is bad. There has to be a a middle ground. And 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 um, the only reason, honestly, the only reason I'm, I'm registered Democrat is because
1: I love I like the primaries. Yeah, I, I, we did consider getting involved with the primaries and changing our status Democrat because my wife and I did like Andrew Yang a lot. Okay. um, We still do. And if he is going to have a future in the party going forward, I may actually pull that lever just for a short time just to kind of support sure. him because he's the only guy that came into the race really with, you know, because, you know, look, yeah, I get it. We all hate Donald Trump, whatever. But to me, it's more about policy. Yeah. And. The future of this country and talk about ideas. I mean, winning an election just just because he hates Donald Trump is not enough for me. No, you know, Andrew Yang came in, with, you know, brought his campaign in as as a guy that w- wanted to you know talk about UBI and the, you know the fact that we need to look at the the future of this country twenty years from now because you know AIs is taking all our jobs and all that ideas. Yeah,
0: it's lacking. He's when, he's a guy, and and I I hope he is is because um. Yeah. So the, obviously, you know, the, the the focus of this year was uh get the White House back. But, you know, if yeah. we're being totally honest, the, the the Democratic Party and 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 the perception of the Democratic Party uh is not good. No, so, so if if, if if you know, if two years from now, if you want to have uh, you know, any any sort of uh, like real change in, in terms of the, the House and the Senate, the, the Democratic Party has to take a real hard and real fast look at themselves uh, or else, you know, two weeks ago is not going to mean a whole lot.
1: <laughs> but to be fair, though, to the Democratic Party of the two parties, I would say in terms of policy ideas, they're the most broad.
0: Yes, I would. So I, absolutely.
1: Naturally, they'll have more friction because you do have the. Pro- this is what I can't stand about the politics today. And I wish people use their brains when they discuss these things. People, especially on the people on the right, always accuse, okay, so if you're a liberal, you're a leftist. You <laughs> subscribe to all the stuff. So basically because you're on that side, basically everything that comes with that is yours to own. And that is not true. So by nature, I can say that you on the right side can say, oh, you're a Republican, so you're probably a racist, right? It's not fair, but hey, it's the same thing you're right. doing the other right. side. So the the issue of the Democratic Party I have right now is messaging. Um, They have ideas. Some I do like, some kind of eh. But the problem is the messaging is way off. So like defunding the police, for example. Defunding the police is not actually sound... It's not actually a bad thing in theory when you know what it means. Right. It has nothing to do with shutting down the police. In fact, I would argue we need more policemen as a result of what's going on. Mm -hmm. But defunding the police does not mean defunding the police. It means literally allocating the right sources to the right to the right money to the right people not cutting off money but the problem is the actual message of funding the police This that that word in general defund you know right people unless i look at the, look at it as a like, what the fuck you know, you know it's 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 kind of the the thing the thing that i've said
0: for years is is the as much as i love social media and i yep. love smartphones and i love technology being uh at the ready 110 percent of the time is, uh, and, and it's kind of a quote, um, from a boy meets world episode with the, um, uh, like the quiz show episode when Feeney scolds, uh, Corey and Sean and Topanga, because, you know, people way back in the day thrived for a new book. Every, you know, every six months, we get a new website every, you know, six seconds. And, and you have the ability to be so well-researched and, and have all this information at your fingertips. But the problem is people don't put that energy to work. Exactly. They don't and look then, into and things. Thing so, is- yeah, they hear defund the police. And I, I look at Bernie and, – and here's the thing. I'm not a huge Bernie Sanders guy. But, like, the minute I knew he was sunk four years ago, when he used the word Democratic Socialist, mm-hmm. boom, dead in the water.
1: Dead in the water. Especially in South Florida. The reason why Biden didn't, you know, didn't yeah. do well in Miami, especially – which, which pretty much, you know, he won Miami, but it was the margin was a lot smaller. If you watched it, it's because Republicans were did a good job in persuading those Cuban voters, Venezuelan voters, that this guy. And by the way, I laugh at it because it, I, I put the onus on the person, not on the actual people who were campaigning, because that's they're just doing their job, um, trying to get your vote, right. whether, whether they lied to you or not. To me, I'm big on personal accountability. If you can't read through the weeds, that's that's that's, that's a you problem. Yeah. The, the idea that somebody would actually think that Joe Biden of all people is a socialist, right? Is fucking laughable, it, it,
0: dude. It's it's crazy. It's cr- and that's what it's become. Like if you're and you, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're if you're you know a, a conservative or a Republican or you're on the right, right you're. Uh, you know, a Bible thumping racist. If you're exactly. a if you're a leftist, quote unquote, you know, you're an America hating socialist. While meanwhile, the the majority of everybody is in the middle, just going, can we just make this fucking work? <laughs> like, you exactly. know, uh, stop listening to the the far right and the far left, and actually take into account the fact that there's the majority of the people in this country, they, they go to work and they, cause here's the thing, man, like in, in, in my town, my, my, my county's red, my town's red. It is what it is. Um, I saw a lot of Biden signs this year, but what I, but actually what I, what I, what I saw was there was, uh, there was pockets where like neighborhoods people would, I, I almost consider them getting into like sign fights. So like a Trump sign would go up and then like, couple of days later, a Biden sign went up. And then somebody else had to put up a Trump sign. And you get these little pockets of like three, four, five, six houses that had dueling signs. And then throughout the rest of the town, you know, you'd have an occasional sign, occasional flag, whatever. But for the most part, I didn't see a whole lot. And and the street that I live on, nobody had any political signs. And, to, I mean, to be quite honest, the, the people that live right around me, I'm pretty sure I know how they vote. But you know what? That doesn't matter to me. Because you know if i see them if if i see them outside the house we talk and we're friendly with each other i don't care if you voted for trump i don't care if you voted for biden you know if if you are as long as you're not that far right or that far left you you probably at least have a, a similar ideal to the fact that you know we want this to work we want this country to work we are better when it works let's just figure out a way to make that happen right we're country ideas, man. Bob yeah. line. Guess who's awake. <laughs> oh, little dude's <laughs> awake. <told> you. <laughs> yeah, you said we, we were we were trying to get it in. Um but you know, obviously the, the the political stuff, it's it's it is it is never it's never going to go away. Uh, the next couple months are going to be a lot of fun, so this is something that, that you and I, and, and we talk all the time when we're not on a show together, uh, this is something we can come back and revisit, but I just want to give you uh, a real quick chance, if if you can, uh, to let people know where they can follow you on social media, where they can subscribe to your shows, and uh, and then we'll get out of here.
1: All right, so if you can say this while he's crying, um, <laughs> or speaking of podcast the Wrestling Podcast on all podcast catchers. I'm um, on Twitter at ejchristian 7 Logan, want to say hi? <laughs> okay, never mind. 7 <laughs> um, on Twitter. Um, and my Substack, also newsletter, ErnestSpeaking.Substack.com. Big Jim, it was fun, man.
0: All right, man. Well, you uh, you definitely have your hands full, but we will do this again at some point. Uh, Ernest Christian, take care, my friend.
1: My brother, take care, man.
0: All right. So thank you again, Ernest Christian. Thank you uh, for those that subscribe to the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, share it with uh, with, with anybody uh, and uh, we'll get these subscribers up. Like I said, I, I don't know how frequently we're going to do them. I'll try and get at least once out one uh, out a month. But uh, rate and review. Give give me feedback. You can email me, biggymsports at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at biggymsports and uh, interact with me there. Uh, Until next time, guys, stay safe. Uh, The the world's crazy right now. COVID's still going crazy, but please be smart. Please be safe, uh, and uh, have a good holiday season. Discussions with the nobody was brought to you by Arena Eats. Via NGSC Sports. Go to the website, arenaeats.app. That is arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, use Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Why stand in line at the concession stand when you can get your order delivered right to your seat? Place your in-seat order now at the half and have it delivered right to you ArenaEats.app, they are accepting partnerships now.